Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. From the book of Luke, the second chapter, beginning with the eighth verse, the story that never grows old. And in the region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing. Uh, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told them. May God renew the Spirit within each one of us. Last Sunday, we talked about the perfect gift that was given to us at Christmas, as we celebrated Christmas, the perfect gift. And indeed, it was a perfect gift and is a perfect gift to us. And it is, and we know it, it is at this time of the year that all of our senses are set on go, and we sense it, and we feel it, and, and even as our little ones, as they think about Santa Claus, their expectation is so great, they think anything can happen, and it can. And somehow, some way down within the deepest part of our soul and our heart, we know that those things that really matter to us, it's a real possibility that anything can happen as it pertains to eternity and the destiny of these souls of ours. And it's wonderful. Who would want to be without this season of the year? I certainly would not. But there is a question that comes to us, and I would like to present it to you today, by one who died long ago, and we mentioned his name and the creed that we reaffirmed and we stated this morning. Though he did not want it to fall at Christmas time, and we don't usually think about it at Christmas time, but Pilate asked the question that we need to answer in relation to this gift that has been given to us. What shall I do with Jesus, the Messiah? What shall I do with Jesus? Or as it is interpreted in another place, then what shall I do with Jesus, 
the Christ. Dear ones, the destiny of your soul rests upon the answer to that question. And as a question that every last living one of us are going to answer one way or another, we will answer that question by standing as these young people and, and as the McNabs did this morning and say, I believe, I trust him, he's my Savior and my Lord. Are we going to go out and live in a fashion that will tell the world that we do not believe and do not care? It's a gift that has been given to us. What am I going to do with it? Now quickly, I'd like to suggest just two or three things to you to stimulate your thinking about your possibilities with Christ. I'm thinking about a gift that is given, that we give at Christmas time. I would think any gift, and certainly with the one that we're talking about this morning, the gift that God gave to us in Christ, is a gift to be enjoyed. Enjoy the gift. It was God's intent for us to enjoy the Christ that he gave to us. That's why you give a gift, because it speaks of love and esteem, appreciation. It says all kinds of wonderful things to the one that uh, you give the gift to. I think about the scripture that tells us, for God so loved the world, he loved us enough to give to us this perfect gift to add a dimension and a future to these lives of ours. Sometimes we give gifts and they get mixed up. South end where I was for a while, there was a new branch bank went in out there. And one of the businesses right there in the community I sent him a basket of flowers. And because he knew now he wouldn't have to go way across town to do his banking, it would be right next door to him. And he appreciated it so much that he sent him flowers. But there's also a death in that uh, community. And somehow or another, the florist got the bank's uh, flowers mixed up with the funeral home and sent the flowers over to the funeral home. And on the card it said at the funeral home, so happy to have you in your new location. <laughs> well, those things can happen, but not this gift. This is not one that's mixed up. You know, you've received gifts from some of your people, I'm sure. I remember we received a gift one time. We didn't know what to do with it. Didn't know what it was to start with. And I don't think we ever found out what it was. Well, some gifts are that way, but not this gift. We know we've been told how, what, and why. And given a demonstration as to why Jesus was here to save us and to give to us the life that we really need. I met, I meet these people all the time. They, they can be a character of most of us. Not too long ago, I met a man that I know him to be a Christian. But he's a man that if you ask him how he is and how his business is and how things are going, he can tell you 14 jillion reasons why it's a bad day. And the truth of it is, and the most of what he has to say to you, there's a lick of truth in it. There is an element of truth in what he says. And there's so much of truth in what he says that when you leave him, if you listen to him, you go away just a little bit more discouraged than you were before you ran into him. But I remember within the same week that I ran into a young man with the glow of an experience with Christ in his heart and, and on his soul. And here's a young man looking at the same identical world. 
But when I talked to him about how things were and what he was doing and what he was going to do, oh, there was a twinkle in his eye. And as he walked around, he bounced around because he knew full well that he was going to take this whole world on and he was going to try to do something with it. He was important to God and to his kingdom and so therefore he was important to this world. And this world was important to him, even the mess that it's in. It's interesting, isn't it? How we see this world in which we live. In relation to the Christ that came, and he said that he came in order that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Have you been so long without a spiritual experience that you cannot see, you cannot hear? You cannot feel, you cannot sense the presence of the Almighty God. I would wear it well. I would wear and enjoy what God has given to me in Christ. And why not rejoice? Because the greatest enemy that you and I have has been defeated, death. Eternity starts as far as we who believe is concerned when you became a believer. So why not rejoice? Why not? We ought to. I remember a chef here in this town. I've lost track of him because he's retired now, but he used to, was a chef in one of our fine buildings here within this city. I used to go over to see him every once in a while when I was in that building and stop in to say hi to him because he always had goodies. <laughs> you know, I like to talk to people who's got goodies. And he was a fine chef, a very fine one. And I went in to see him one time, about this time of the year, and he's all smiles. And he was almost a, a different man. And so I wanted to find out so what is taking place. He said, don't you know, he said, someone has paid my debts off. He had one with a doctor, hospital, and a few things. He said, someone has paid every debt that I have, and I, I have the cancel bills here. And he showed them to me. Paid, 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 paid. He says, I don't owe anyone anything. The gift that is given to us, we don't owe anyone anything. When it comes to the destiny of our soul, it's been paid for in full. To be remembered no more in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, why don't you enjoy the gift? Secondly and quickly, I would wear this gift well. You know, being a preacher, I appreciate everything anybody gives me, and I usually wear whatever they give me. And sometimes I look funny, but I wear it anyway. <laughs> Funnier than I usually look. For the sake of the one that gave the gift, for the sake of the one that gave it. I remember a little girl. I can see her in my mind's eye right now. She must have been all of six or seven years of age. She gave me a tie. Well, that was a funny tie. But it was a, well, I wore it anyway. Anyway, I happened to be in her Sunday school class a few Sundays later on after Christmas, and I had that tie And she jumped up right in the middle of her Sunday school class, about seven or eight little people or more, and she said, He's got my town, he's got my town, he's got my town. I gave that to the preacher. And she just stopped the whole class. 
I was glad I had her tie on. And I'm glad she liked what she saw. You know, our forefathers used to think in terms of being dressed in the spirit of Christ. The old apostle Paul thought about a soldier putting on the armor of God. It is no wonder our forefathers thought that to be dressed in the spirit of God. To be dressed in the gift that God has given to us because of the one who gave the gift. Because of the fine garment that it really is. And because some people wear it in such obnoxious way today. I would wear it as best I could, this gift, because there are those people who use it and misuse it in such a shabby way and still claim to be Christian. What does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no mercy among God's people? Is there no love extended? I have several brothers, but I'm thinking about one in particular. I was at a funeral not too long ago, and a friend there that I know real well, almost a brother, and he had on a beautiful, beautiful coat, and I touched the coat, the shoulder of it, and I said, that must have set you back a couple hundred dollars. His wife was standing there near shot, and she says, yeah. She says, I gave it to him for his birthday, and it cost me $275. You'd have seen me get my hand off that coat. <laughs> But I've got a brother that I believe you can go and buy the finest suit of clothes in this city and put it on him, and it lasts about five minutes, enough to get him into it. He's the only one that I know that I've ever met that uh, reminds me of pig pen and peanuts, you know. <laughs> and the truth of it is, the way he wears his clothes, it's all right with him if they're just hanging on him because he doesn't really care. It doesn't make any difference to him. He couldn't care less, seemingly. That's like he slept in his clothes. Have we gone to sleep in the spirit of Christ? What does the world think about us? How do we look? I'm thinking about a man, and I must hurry, that has a great influence on my life, and yet he does not know it. As a youngster working at a filling station in the summertime, and this man looked like he had been chiseled out of a piece of ebony. And he walked with the bearing of a military man, though he was about, I guess, between 70 and 75 years of age at that time. And I delighted to wait on this man at the service station, to work on his car, or to fill up his tank, whatever, because I like to talk to him. And I thought to myself, this man has got something that is wonderful, that is beautiful. I lost track of him and went away to school. And I was sent back as a Methodist preacher within about two miles of where this man lived. Now he must be 80 years of age. I don't know. And I remember that one Christmas they told that his Social Security and his pension check for some reason or another had gotten fouled up and it didn't get to him and he and his wife were in need. Well, they cut off my salary, I would be too. But anyway, he was in need and they said it would be nice if the church could help him. And, and that church had the custom of giving Christmas baskets with the whole trimmings for a big meal. And, and it came my lot to, uh, to go and take the basket to him. And, and I did not know how I was going to be received because I thought of him as being a very proud man. I walked to the door and knocked on him. He came to the door. And a big smile on his face, still standing tall and straight, even the age that it was upon him. 
And he says, Mother, come here to the door. She says, I want you to see what's standing here at the door. He says, here stands an angel of the Lord. And he looks just like the Methodist preacher down the street. <laughs> oh, dear ones, I tell you, I learned something about my Lord that day. And that man taught me. Not only was our Lord a gracious giver, but he was a gracious receiver. Wear it well. Because there are those people who are looking at you. Wear the gift as well as you can for the sake of your own soul. For the sake of your own soul. I read a story here not too long ago. And it tells about the, the custom of a tablecloth. Have you ever thought about it? The custom of a tablecloth. And it seemed the custom started, as this man said, years and years ago when the table was rough-hewn. They used it for a workbench. They used it for a chopping board. And so it would be marred and scarred and splintered. And then when it was used to dine on in a special situation, they would bring forth the best linen cloth that they had, white, and, and spread it over the table in order that it might be covered for the banquet meal. Dressed in the spirit of Christ. Covers all the blemishes. All the sins. I would wear it as best I could for the sake of my own soul. In the last place, I would share this gift. This was brought home to me some years ago by a lady that used to give us as regular as Christmas would come about. She would give us a five-pound box of Russell Stover's candy. And I see that name. I can't help but think about this lovely lady. She'd give it to the parsonage two weeks ahead at Christmas. And one day I said, I said, now, Miss Weiser, I said, you know, we don't really need that much candy. And she said, all preachers said, I didn't give it to you to eat all of it. I tried to. She said, I didn't give it to you just for the family. She said, I knew that you'd be having visitors, people dropping by. And I wanted that candy to be there so you could share it with those who came to see you at Christmas time. Wasn't that a lovely thought? That is my God. What has God given to you Christ for? For you to try to hold him within the midst of your own being and that's it? Or to share it? Or to share him with those who come to visit you and that you visit? I would share him in two ways. I would share him and forgiving everybody that I need to forgive. Oh, it'd be at Christmas time, especially if no other time of the year, that I would follow the custom of the Jewish people of long ago, somewhere during the year that I would set everybody free from my heart. I would set people free if I had aught against any man or any person. I would free my heart of that. Today, having aught against no man or no woman or anyone, free, forgiveness, a brother, sister, I know people who do not sister don't talk to one another any day of the year. Never in my life. If God will only be my helper, no man will do what to me that this heart of mine with his help can't forgive. And then I would extend love wherever it's needed. 
I would extend love wherever it's needed. I, I think again in this story, and we'll go home. I think again of a lady, a grandmother that had a granddaughter about eight years of age. And down the street, down the road from them, there lived a man that had uh, a pony farm. He had four or five ponies. So she went down to look the ponies over to buy for her granddaughter. There's one little old pony out there was so skinny. It had almost, she said, lean up against the fence to stand up. She asked the man about that. said, oh, said, I don't know what's wrong with that pony. says, I am calling the people tomorrow to come and get it and take it and to put it to sleep to dispose of it. I, I don't know. She went over and looked around there, looked at that pony, and she said to the man, she said, how much you want for it? He says, well, ponies just went up then, you know. He said, well, I'll take $25 for it. <laughs> and he says, why do you want that pony? She says, well, she says, I don't see a thing wrong with that pony. But what my little granddaughter can't overcome within just a short period of time. With the proper care, love, and concern, that pony by spring of the year will be in good shape. Well, dear ones, I saw that pony in the spring of the year, and that pony was in good shape. She was right. All it needed was some tender love and care expressed to it. There's not a thing wrong with your family. There's not a thing wrong with this church or any church. There's not a thing wrong with this community. There's not a thing wrong with this world. But a little shared love and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ would not make it right again. The gift. What shall I do with it? I would enjoy it. I would wear it well. And I would share it. Oh, our God. This most beautiful gift that has been given to us. Help us that we would do no less than this, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 